Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Present. And, of course, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez is here as well. That's me. That's right, Ziggy. So I'm so glad that both of you guys are here. Uh, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there is like this, uh, like if you look out the window of the cafe right now, you see this mm-hmm. bush and it's on fire. Now, I don't know if you guys like, if you've seen that or is it just me? I have visions every once Still in a while. <laughs> is it? But it doesn't appear to be consumed. It's not. So we're going to talk about the burning bush just because that's one of the readings uh, this weekend, and you know, we re- I don't think we've ever done a show about the burning bush. I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, like, this would be some cool conversation. It would. I don't really know where it's going to go, but I, I, we'll, we go. we'll start with the reading, and I love the reading from Exodus, the third chapter, because it's like packed with cool stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of things that we can talk about. And so we'll just see where the conversation takes us. But uh, starting with verse one um, in Exodus chapter three, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. The priest of Midian. Jethro, he was on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. This is <laughs> oh, yes. a, a different Jethro. Okay. Leading the flock across the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in fire, flaming out of a bush. As he looked on, he was surprised to see that the bush, the one fire, was not consumed. So Moses decided, I'm, <laughs> I can't say this without laughing, I must go over to look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. It just sounds like... Really, Moses, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But I could imagine this would be an interesting thing to see. Yes. Right. So I must go over to look at this remarkable Another site. one of those big understatements. Yeah, yeah it yeah. probably didn't translate from the Hebrew as well, you know, right. as maybe it, it could have been like, uh, holy cow, look at that burning <laughs> bush over there. You know, we got to go over and check this thing out. You right. know, watch the sheep while I go over there. He didn't, didn't say that. But anyway. When the Lord saw him coming over to look at it more closely, God called out to him from the bush. Moses, Moses, he answered, here I am. God said, come no nearer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But the Lord said, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry of complaint against their slave drivers. So I know well what they are suffering. Therefore I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and lead them out of that land into a good one, good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses said to God, But when I go to the Israelites to say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, if they ask me, What is his name? What am I to tell them? God replied, I am who am. Then he added, This is what you shall tell the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God spoke further to Moses. Thus you say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Thus I am to be remembered through all generations. Wow. That's, that's just some intense stuff. Mm-hmm. If God wants to get your attention. He knows how to do it. Yes. Right. So, I mean, it starts with this burning bush. Mm. Now, before we even talk about that, I want to point something out that a lot of people don't always recognize mm-hmm. uh, about things like this. But So we have Moses. This is like the beginning of the story for Moses. 
Right? We know some of Moses' history, where he comes from, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here's like sort of like now it's like the God chapter, mm-hmm. right? And if we all remember Cecil B. DeMille's famous movie, which is exactly the way it probably happened, <laughs> Moses came down from the Mount of Horeb, and he was all of a sudden he had all white this hair. gray white hair, yeah, because he had seen God. Um, now, uh, what's neat about this is that it, it just tells us that Moses was tending the flock, mm-hmm. and I just think it's something that's. A simple little understated fact, but who God, how God prepared Moses to shepherd his people to the promised land was to be an actual shepherd. Right. And, and there's just some, there's some great wisdom, you know, that we could, I think we have done a whole show on how God prepares us for things. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't, he doesn't just say like, hey, I want you, Tom, to be a, a rocket surgeon. Right, and so ready, set, go. I mean, they're 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 you know whether it's going to be uh, you know whatever it is you do for a living. What does you do for a living? I never kind of. Do you need a card? No, you've given plenty of. <laughs> Tom sells people uh, monorails. Monorails. <laughs> he is a monorail salesman. Yeah, business is slow. It's very slow. <laughs> Ever since Walt Disney died, just haven't been had a lot of business. No, but but God prepares us. He doesn't just like throw us into something. Right. And and if he does throw us into something, he's going to give us the tools we need. Right. Right? So I just I just think that's neat. So it's like we see at the very beginning here that God is going to have Moses shepherd his people to the promised land, the land of of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's like God's already got this plan and now it's like, well let me let all these uh human beings know what it is that we're going to have them do. Um but this this so let's look at the burning bush now. Right, we got this burning bush, and first of all, it's an amazing sign. And the scripture tells us that the angel of the Lord was sort of seen in the flames. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of people have looked and thought, like, well, maybe you know that's the Holy Spirit, uh, here an angel of the Lord. Um, but what's neat is if you look all through Scripture, how many times God appears as fire, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as flame. And so, you people who might be doubting. What uh, purgatory might be, purgation, you know, fire tried gold, how we're purified by God through flame, like burning away all of the the impurities. And just this God comes to us as fire, like maybe it's a pillar of, of cloud by day and pillar like of fire by night. Right. He was a, a, a flaming, a smoking pot, right? A flaming mm-hmm. pot, you know, moving through the sacrifices that Abraham had offered him. And just like his angels. Right, the seraphim, which literally means burning ones. Mm-hmm. Because they're so close to God. Amen. So they're on fire because they're like all around God, you know. And so it's just kind of neat to see. So that's what Moses goes over to see. Mm. And, you know, it just brings, it begs the question, um, Sam. In fact, I think you, when we talked about maybe doing this, we're talking about signs. Mm-hmm. What is it? I mean, what, what were you thinking when you thought like, oh, hey, here's this burning bush? Well, we know the, the, the big signs that God has given to major figures like Moses. But how often do we miss the more subtle signs that he gives to all of us Mm. to announce his presence in our lives and to bring us to a point where we too can be one of the burning ones because we're close to him and Mm -hmm. we're having that encounter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I I do agree. I, I uh, I think, though, that if we were looking for them, they'd be more like burning bushes. I mean, you know, we, we think like, Lord, give me a sign. Which which job am I supposed to take? Which school? You know, what? Get, Lord, just send me a sign. 
you know, and we ask for that big sign, but how many little signs do we get? Do How many people come into our lives? How many um, things, connections that we, when you look in hindsight and you can see how God was active in your life. You see all the dots connected. Right. And then sometimes when you're looking right now and you're... Straight ahead, you can't see it. it sometimes it's hard. Unless, right. I think unless you're like tuned in. Right. Right. Unless you're like, unless like right now I'm looking, what are you looking at? I'm looking for a sign. But it's going to be something small. I know it is, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that God never sends the big signs anymore. In fact, I think it'd be kind of neat if I walked out of the Catholic cafe and there was this burning bush in front of me. I think it'd be kind of cool. Right. But I've not had that experience. However, I have had experiences that, like, either as they have just happened or are happening, and maybe just in the recent past where I've gone like, oh, <laughs> and a little light bulb comes on, right? You know, and my wife says. Hey Jeff, uh, there's a light bulb on over your head. Yeah, I know. It took me a while. Right, got you know, there. She got it a lot sooner than I did, but there you have it. Right. So we we kind of have to be tuned in, and I imagine Moses. Um, you know, he was a godly man, and I would imagine that Moses is going through. I mean, not a lot to do to do out there in the wilderness with a bunch of sheep. Right. Right. I mean, you catch up on your reading. I, I don't know what you do every day, but to some degree. Anything like that happened out of the ordinary is going to be a sign. It's going to be a curiosity at the yeah. very least. One thing that also comes to mind is uh, Ignatian spirituality, for example, has been a blessing to me in my life, and the examine prayer has been a blessing. And whether you're doing it in the Ignatian context or not, really making room either at night or in the morning or just regularly to stop and invite God to guide you through your day so that you might see his fingerprints on your life. It's a powerful way to see signs that oftentimes that we miss and see how things are fitting together and how he's moving. And a lot of times we miss it because we're not setting aside time to give him room to show the, show us those things. Right. And that's what I think is so beautiful about it, because that's how those little things become the burning bush. I mean, when, I, when you use the expression, you know, a light bulb went on. Mm-hmm. It's like, essentially, the bush caught fire. I mean, it's like, now you realize, and it's a big sign when you recognize it, and like you said, Tom, you know, all the dots are connected, right. and you go like, I can see the path now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry I couldn't see it back then, but the reality is I see it now. The bush is burning brightly. And we get to be the one that gets on fire. That's Amen. Right. Woo! That's right. And that is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. So I mean that's that's kind of neat. Now there's another there's the whole aspect of this of this uh, bush not being consumed. That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. First of all, you'd know it'd be out of the ordinary because if it was an ordinary fire, Moses would have said, "That's interesting. Someone came by and lit a fire and ran away." Right. Because he'd see the bush kind of burning, and then all of a sudden it would stop burning. Mm-hmm. And but he didn't see that. Right. And and I love that there's this great um, ancient Eastern tradition in the church where they actually see the burning bush as an image of the Virgin Mary. Hmm. Yeah, and I think about this for a second, that, that, you know, that God is, is present in the bush because the scripture specifically says that, uh, that the voice came out of the bush, mm. right? So the voice came out of the bush. So we're no longer talking about the angel of the Lord anymore with the flames. We're talking about God being in that bush. Mm. And so then you look at Mary. I see the bush was not consumed. Mary was uh, forever virgin. Mm. Right. right. She's ever virgin and brought forth the Lord, and she carried God inside her. Wow. Right. And there's just 
there's this neat uh, this imagery there that's very rich. There's lots of great old icons uh, that come out of the Eastern Church about Mary being the burning bush and seeing that connection. Hmm. Um, and it's just an, another way of looking at the burning bush and another way of looking at this reading to, to make you go like, wow, this is, uh, this is intense. It is. Yeah? I think so. Well, we got more to talk about with about the burning bush, uh, and uh, we're going to do that when we, uh, in, in just a minute. We're going to take a break first. want to tell folks about a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, what should they do on social media, Sam? Oh, please uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and, and Twitter. And please like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Yes, amen. Uh, and then also, if you have something you want to talk about, Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. When you think of saints, you often think of saintly qualities like patience, love, humility, and generosity. Not so with St. Jerome, a priest and doctor of the church born in the mid-4th century. On more than a few occasions, St. Jerome stood outside the church doors doing penance for his bad temper. While this was true, more than anything he was a staunch defender of the truth and an ardent lover of the Word of God. He felt that anyone who taught error was an enemy of God to be defeated with the swift and sure strokes of his powerful pen. St. Jerome was a scholar of great wisdom and understanding. He was a master of Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, and he spent many years in study in the celebrated centers of scholarship like Rome and Alexandria. He was a great student of sacred learning because he realized its vital role in obtaining the beatific vision. He once said, Let us learn upon earth those things which can call us to heaven. Sometimes feared for his veracity, but always known to be a genuine man of God, St. Jerome was respected by his peers. St. Augustine said of him, What Jerome does not know, no mortal man has ever known. He was very prolific in his writings. Above all, his scriptural writings have been without equal in the history of the church. St. Jerome is most remembered for his translation of the Bible into the common or vulgar language of the people, making it more accessible to the common people. Called the Vulgate, his vigilant and meticulous translation was very popular and became the standard version of the Bible for over a thousand years. Many who question the authority of the Church like to point to the fact that St. Jerome openly opposed the inclusion of the seven deuterocanonical books in the official canon of the Bible. While this is true, as he rarely held his opinions to himself, few people realize that ultimately St. Jerome recognized, upheld, and defended the authority of Holy Mother Church in defining the canon, and placed the books in their rightful place in the Bible. In 402 AD, St. Jerome wrote regarding this issue, What sin have I committed if I follow the judgment of the churches? At the end of his life, St. Jerome finally settled in Bethlehem, where he lived in a cave believed to be the birthplace of Jesus. He died there in 420 A.D. His feast day is September 30th. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I am talking, of course, with Tom Dorian and Ziggy Rodriguez, and we're talking about... Oh, I'm sorry. Say something. Oh, yes. Perfect. Just what you were (laughs) supposed to say. And we're talking about the burning bush and just this uh, powerful reading in the third chapter of Exodus where Moses encounters the living God in the form of a bush, and God's voice is presence is in this bush and just mm. this how, how this thing is rich with all these different things to think about uh, that help us to have a better relationship with God but also speak a lot about uh, going forward you know what we as Catholics believe and there's some neat stuff that I don't know if you've seen the the symbolism and the rich uh, imagery that comes here but certainly we just talked about the Virgin Mary right Mary ever virgin this burning bush being a sort of a foreshadowing or a symbol that God would would usher forth from that which would not be consumed, mm-hmm. right? And just uh, the the the, the God bearer, Theotokos, and it's just kind of a neat image that that we have. But um, I want to talk. I want to jump sort of the end of that um, of that reading where we, when Moses says, "All right, look, I got to go back and I got to talk to my dudes," right? And so now I can't just go and say a guy told me this. I mean, he knows it's God, but he's like. What what do I tell them? Mm-hmm. Who are you? What what name do I give you? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's when he says um, he says I am, I, am. Am. I am who I am, right? And you're thinking like, I okay, it sounds like a puzzle, right? But we have to be clear about the I am part, and and there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting way if you look at scripture. How many times have you looked at the Old Testament? And you see the word LORD, and it's in all caps, right? It's in lower, it's in small, all caps. Now, if you, if you don't know what that is, we're going to tell you. This is, this is the unspeakable name of the LORD. So every time you see LORD in all caps, not when you see capital L-O-R-D, that just literally means Adonai. That just means LORD. It describes, you know, a LORD or the LORD. But when you see L-O-R-D in all caps, mm-hmm. or the I am in all caps, both of those are the name of God, which mm-hmm. in Hebrew is the, the, the Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, right. or Jehovah, mm-hmm. right? And so to the Jew, especially that you didn't name God, to, remember how God allowed Moses, I'm sorry, Moses, Adam to name all the animals, mm-hmm. right? It showed his dominion over those animals, Right to, to name God would mean show your over yeah him. yeah so you couldn't Which do is that impossible. so you it would be blasphemy to even say the name of God right and, and interestingly we see Jesus this is one of the times where Jesus people say like he never claimed to be God it's like oh no 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 he does in fact if you look the night before where where he's where he's arrested right mm-hmm. when he's in the garden at Gethsemane he says before uh, I Abraham am. was I am. And it's in all caps, if you notice. Mm-hmm. He basically speaks the name of God and claims to be that God. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty powerful. And it says, like, the soldiers fell backward. Hmm. Can you imagine, like, if God breathes his name out on you, you're not going to stand there and take it like a man. You're going to fall down. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of neat 
uh, it's kind of neat to see this name of God thing and the power of that. It should ripple through us and our very being to this day. That's right. So I, I, we don't like live in fear of saying the name of the Lord, but we need to understand the power in the name of the Lord. And that it means I am that he is a God who lives today. He, he, he is a God of the now. God is always coming to us in the now. We can always be pr- refreshed in the newness of grace, as it says in the divine intimacy, mm. devotion. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so so stop thinking that, that, that I was, yeah. or maybe I will be one day, but I am. Mm-hmm. I always amed, and I always aming. You know, it's like... I don't know how you conjugate those those uh, to be verbs, but it's like essentially was, is, and shall be. That's right, and so that's how we translate some of those things. That concept of right, I know? am. Yeah, you know, Bishop Barron uh, likes to draw upon Saint Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. and Saint Tom- and Saint Thomas Aquinas's use of this particular passage, and he uses this to say that God is the sheer act of to be itself. Yeah. That he's not a being. Like, we're beings. We're human beings. We exist in the realm of physical being. But he is the sheer act of to be itself. Right. I exist. Yes. I, you know, and I don't know how else you say it, but it's like, you know, and no matter how many things you said became, he never became. Right. Right? He he is what we are talking about. So, yeah, so that's, it, it blows the mind, and we do the best we can as humans. Uh, now, there's another whole neat thing I want to spend a few minutes on and talk about with the burning bush that a lot of people don't really stop and think about. But if you look in, um, if you look in your parish, you actually can see the burning bush. If you go into your parish, especially at night. Oh, the, the, the candle. No. By the tabernacle? You said it, the tabernacle. Yeah. No, yeah. the tabernacle is the burning bush. Oh, that's right. Look at the big golden box. That's right. And one of the things I love about our tabernacle at St. Louis Parish in Memphis, Tennessee, is at night when the lights are shining on oh, it, yeah. the little rays shoot off of it. and literally. out. Yeah, exactly. And it looks literally like a burning bush. What's contained within the burning bush? The very presence of God. That's right. You know, wow. and, and so there's something neat about this now. It goes further. It's, you don't just stop there and go like, well, that's kind of nice. We got a burning bush right there. What did God tell Moses? Right, God said, remove your Thank sandals, you. yeah. for you are on holy, holy ground. ground. Now, you stop and think about this for a second. And, you better be genuflecting. And I, exactly. I, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to pick on people and you don't want to judge people, but you, you wonder, do, are we reverent? Are we as reverent as we really should be? Have we kind of lost this desire to, to bow, to kneel, to genuflect? To the burning bush. What would happen if you walked, like I said, out of the Catholic cafe and sitting in the parking lot was a burning bush? And then the Lord spoke and said, I am. You'd fall on your face. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, Moses hid his face. He did. You know, and a lot of theologians will talk about the fact that Moses had to hide his face because if he had actually gazed upon God, that essentially his head would explode. That we as humans cannot even conceive of God. It would be so beyond our reckoning and our understanding and our ability. Mm -hmm. And so God came to us in a way that would allow us to experience him without having to see him face to face until that day when we see him in heaven, the beatific vision, right. where we see him as he truly is, as St. As John says, mm-hmm. right, in his letter, where he, he says, we'll be like him because we'll see him as he truly is, mm-hmm. right? We'll be able to do that because we'll have been purified, we'll have been, the impurities would have been burned away, right, by the flames of purgatory, or, or you know, and you start to think like, wow, this makes me think that when I'm going to my parish, maybe I need to stop and think about how is it that I, I act, right? 
when I'm in in there. And a lot of people think like, well, I, I I go to adoration, but I don't spend a lot of time in the church, mm-hmm. you know, in front of the tabernacle. You know, one of the things I love about the the Curcio movement is we is we do those tabernacle visits, right? And and a lot of people think like, well, that's not quite as good as adoration. Adoration, we get to see it, you know, monstrous, that's, pretty yeah, good. It's like, good. yeah, but if you're looking at the tabernacle, like this golden bush, right? That God has shielded himself in a way that we could experience the glory and the beauty of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the the Eastern um, theology is that those weren't flames. That was really literally the light of the uncreated glory of God mm-hmm. being revealed. And so to us, to the to the naked eye, to a human, it might look like the closest thing we can compare to, and that is the you know the flames mm-hmm. right the the readings the week before we're talking about the transfiguration right and so in in some sense you know peter and his his boys saw glory mm-hmm. yeah to what degree do we see glory when we go into the tabernacle when we sit in front of the tabernacle and just sort of i don't know pray and open ourselves up because if we don't have a sense of reverence for god present in the tabernacle how are we then going to go out as Catholics and have reverence for God in one another? So you're exactly right, Sam. And I, I think that a lot of times we complicate things. We make them bigger than we can ever understand. But it really comes down to, do we recognize God as God in our life? Right? Do we, do we see the obvious burning bush that's in our parish in that tabernacle? Do we receive him as God? Are we reverential and respectful but do we worship God, mm-hmm. right? Are we careful about how we use his name? Because he was very careful about how he used his name and explained himself to others. And Jews certainly have that great respect for that name, the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And even us in our Bible, it's L-O-R-D, all caps. What is it that we're doing in our life to show that we are reverencing God, that we recognize who he is and the power he has over our lives? And sometimes it's as simple as, Kneeling, right? You know, humbling ourselves, putting putting ourselves in His presence. That's the key word, humbling. Yeah, we want to run everything, don't we? We Did want I? to run everything, and, that, right. and that's the thing is, we really need to humble ourselves and realize He is God and I am not. Right. And so we're 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 all in need of grace. We all want to receive the graces we get from God, and certainly we need to pray for those graces, Amen. right? And I think a great way to do it is to uh, enlist the 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 burning bush his mother amen let's ask mary to pray for us hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy Holy mary Mary, mother Mother of god God, pray pray for for us sinners sinners, now at the hour of our death amen thanks for listening to the catholic cafe if you'd like to contact deacon jeff send him an email at deacon jeff at thecatholiccafe.com Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.